As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Future role models, but you get to meet them now. Natasha Pearl Hansen is about to put it down. You will look up to them one day too. So for now, hear about all the things that they do. Yeah. Future role models, huh? Yeah. Future role models, huh? Welcome to Future Role Model. Holy crap. It's your host, Natasha Pearl Hansen, and I've taken about a six-week hiatus from putting out an episode. Thank you for your patience. I've been uh, extremely busy, and of course, if I was going to have a reintro episode into Future Role Model, I could do it with none other than my boss partner and one of my best friends, Courtney Sherman. Hi. Hey. <laughs> We've been chit-chatting and catching up before this, and I was finally like, we just have to hit record because of the we're going to have a podcast before we podcast. So yeah. How are things going? I can see your dad's walking sticks behind you. <laughs> the journey sticks. Yes. This the is, journey uh, sticks. <laughs> and my new, my new board. Um, we're just, yeah, we're just cooped up in the house and uh, glad to be getting out. Yeah. Yeah. I know we talk about it whenever we're on the phone and stuff, but like, you know, I haven't been back to LA since March, since before everything reopened. And so what is, you know, I'm kind of getting the same feedback from people as I was getting at the beginning of the pandemic that nothing's going on. <laughs> like, why? Yeah, like the same feedback. I'm like, wait, what's the feedback? Um, because... They say we're open and apparently we are. Um, I don't know what, is open. Um, it, there's just a weird vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, I think it's actually, I think it's what I've been saying to people. Like I'm having a hard time doing things like getting in the groove, not doing things, wanting to do things. Um, yeah. Just really weighing things like, do I really, do I really want to go wait in line or, you know, I know with a hundred people, um, in a movie theater or something like that, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it's, yeah, that's a weird thing. Like, you know, even Jake and I, we've been together since 
the middle of the pandemic and um, we've gotten so accustomed to cooking every meal to the point where we're like, everything we make is just better than what we get out. So we're like, why would we even go? Like, what do we, why? But well, I've seen some of the meals that Jake is cooking and he looks like <laughs> my chef. I know. What the heck? He's like eating like a goddamn princess. He can like just go in the fridge and like whatever is around, he can just turn it into something really great. I don't know what he does in his brain, but I was like, this should be in like a average American cooking show for people that are extraordinarily talented and scrapping shit together from a kitchen and just being like this. <laughs> He's not following recipes? No. Never has done a recipe. He's never done a recipe ever once. Like sometimes he'll just. (laughs) Are you sure he's not Pinteresting it? No, I don't even think he knows what Pinterest is. He's 28. (laughs) Hilarious. Oh, wait. People don't use Pinterest? I don't know. I have no idea. I really don't know. I, you, I've, I used to go on Pinterest kicks every once in a while when I would just be bored because you know if I was in like a waiting room or whatever um where was I in waiting rooms often by the way why am I saying that as an option <laughs> like how often was I in a waiting room <laughs> like once a year <laughs> but I would I would do Pinterest if I was waiting on something instead of Instagram because I was like oh it's better but really it's just the same shit you just it just means something different <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Look what I made instead of look what I'm doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Have envy of my photo in a different regard. But um, Um, yeah, we've just been trying to figure it out too. I mean, we're, we're in Madison for the summer and our sublet just has a couple more weeks left and we're like in the heart of everything and everything here pretty much opened up at the start of June. You got, you're only, you're only there for a couple more weeks in the sublet. Yeah, it was from Ju- June to August. Oh my God, that flew by. I feel like you just right? moved I yeah. know. We did three months because we were like, we could maybe do three months here, maybe do three months so-and-so, three months wherever, like, you know, yeah. um, kind of just killing some time because um, breakup registry is doing some cool stuff and I don't know where I'm going to need to be. So just trying to be like flexible and stuff but um shows and stuff have been good here but it's like this you know it's a much smaller city than LA so being out downtown there's just a couple places that are like always popping and stuff and they're like bar bars you know yeah but it's yeah we go out like maybe once a week or twice a week but what are you, what are you guys going to do after in three weeks? We don't, well, it's not three weeks. It'll be like six weeks, five or six Oh, the weeks. end of August. End of August. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. But we're a cu- only a couple weeks away from Madison Comedy Week, which is like Jake's bread and butter, which is August 1st through 8th. And then, um, and then we go on tour in Florida. And then like, when we get back, we don't have any plan. <laughs> so... <laughs> I like it. I know, but <laughs> dude, I don't know. Um, the plan was to come back to California or come to California, but we'll see, you know, we'll see what yeah. makes sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, like describe, I know we've talked about this probably a few times on the podcast since you know, over the last year and a half, but like describe the vibe because um, 
even when I was there the five months I was there last year, um, it was like cool. Like it's nice that Southern California has like nature and trails and beach, you know, you surf, like it's nice to be able to get outside, but there wasn't, unless you had friends with yards or decks, it was like nothing that people were really up to. I love that you put decks in there. You're the only person that has a deck. (laughs) Or like a really nice deck or something like that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, Yeah. I mean, there's not, LA's not, it does not feel like LA right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know, you know, I've lived here my whole life, so I don't know. um, I don't know when or how it gets back to that. You know, I like think the you, virus. Yeah, you live here, or you know, you live in West Hollywood. You you pay all this ridiculous rent money um, to be a part of the energy in the city that is Hollywood, and mm-hmm. that's being in the city so you can be close to auditions or you know close to events that you can go to. And when none of that stuff is happening, um, yeah you know, it kind of makes you wonder, wonder why you're paying all the rent. Um, Uh yeah, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like the same place. Um, you know, even the, the comedy clubs are open, you know, they're open a couple days a week, the three major ones. Um, and so Monday, Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Monday. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's got to still feel like, um, uh, like not people don't hang out and stuff after like what kind of drove the scene and drove the camaraderie, right? Yeah, there isn't really a hang anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, I don't know if people want to go back to a hang. I actually, you know, a lot of comics that I've talked to, friends that I've talked to are kind of like, I'm seeing now, like that year away, I'm seeing now that maybe I didn't really need to be hanging so Uh much. (laughs) There is that like thing that, you know, you and I have talked about this and Jacqueline and like, you know, kind of our whole circle of friends, but um, there was that whole idea why am I lounging back like I'm like I have an open robe on and I'm a dude well (laughs) let me tell you what I've been talking to people about (laughs) what is that um but you know we a lot of times would hang just to if we all wanted to meet out somewhere it would be at a comedy club, club because we would run into people and we would think oh you know if you're in somebody's space if you're in their memory they'll book you more and there's part of that that's true um that's part of the FOMO of being outside of LA a lot over the last like eight months that I've felt too and yeah and but also um being away from there has opened up a lot more opportunities to actually like make money it's really weird <laughs> uh-huh <laughs> LA oh, yeah. is not making money here <laughs> LA is just like a vacuum for money coming yeah, in 
that's that's how it's always been yeah you can't make money here so you you have to travel Mm -hmm. um so i mean that's that's kind of the perk of of getting out of here you know Mm -hmm. not having permanent roots here you're not paying all the rent and (laughs) you know you can travel around and actually make money doing this so yeah, exactly. So um, it's funny too, because Leah, Leah Lamar was texting me yesterday because um, she's moving and wanted some recommendations on what to do with storage and moving and uh, housing. And I was like, well, I'm the girl for that shit. <laughs> I've definitely been through that Where, gamut. She's just moving out of her place in LA and looking for a new place. Um, and uh I'm not trying to like put her on blast or anything about that, but she had it on her Instagram. So it wasn't like a secret. Um, she was asking for recommendations for moving companies. And I was like telling her about the company I used and like how they just pick up your shit, store it for you and bring it back to you when you're ready. And all these other companies that are temporary housing places. And she was like saying how she hadn't looked for a place in so long. And she didn't realize that rent was like three grand a month. And I was like, dude, why do you think I went into storage when I split with my fiance? Like, I was just like, holy shit, for a type of place that I want, I need two people to live in here with me and not a roommate. It needs to be a significant other. I gotta wait until I find one. I'm not paying paying $4,000 a month for myself (laughs) just to like, you know... But yeah, it's pretty interesting. The more I talk to people and the more I talk to whether it's other entertainers or entrepreneurs, since I'm like, you know, getting into that space so much too. Um, And plus after me and Jake went to do a run in Austin, a lot of people are moving to Austin, Nashville, Florida. Like they're not moving back yet. (laughs) To to LA. Yeah. (laughs) Austin's like a hot spot, dude. It's pretty nuts there. But we talked after Austin and it was almost like too much. It was almost like too reminiscent of the time before the land before COVID, (laughs) you know, here. Yeah. 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 Where it was just like bounce, bounce, bounce to all these shows. And you're just like tired and like run down and, you know, you got to find like a balance between all of it. Right. How have you felt performing again? Like, has it been reinvigorating because you're, you don't feel like the same rat race as we've talked about? Um, I have felt great. <laughs> Because you're very good. (laughs) I've really just been happy to be back on stage. Um, Mm -hmm. I had kind of mixed feelings about about how things were going to be, you know, coming back. And um, it's been, it's just been nice. It's just been um, rewarding. Like that feeling of just like, oh, this is why I'm doing it. You know? Yeah. I think the time away has just given perspective and um yeah. Yeah. I I don't have a, a rat race mentality right now, which mm-hmm. is really nice. So every show that I'm booked on, it's because I really want to do the spot, not because I feel like I need to or have to. Mm-hmm. Um and also perspective on what each spot means or or is providing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um 
So, and with so few spots available right now, which it really is, it's like, you know, all the, even the major clubs, um, Aaron, the booker at the improv, who's booking the improv right now is, um, I mean, she said she's backed up with a year worth of spots that she owes to people through like managers and their agents. And, um, you know, I mean, they're a corporation, so that's, Mm -hmm. you know, that goes through different levels of like agents and managers calling in and people that they need to to get to. So, um, yeah, there just the the few spots, there are so few spots now there were few spots before, Mm -hmm. you know, and now it's, it's even smaller. So I think, you know, every time in the past couple months, when I have had a spot, it, uh, it feels like a show. It feels like I'm really here. I know why I'm here. I'm here to perform. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, not taking it for granted, I guess. Yeah. And then you come with more energy. Um, that's how I've felt too. entering it back. Like, um, well, me and like me and Jake have like this interesting Midwest kind of thing because he's been here for the past 10 years and I'm from here and started my career like near here. So we have like this interesting, consistent draw and he's like a local favorite here. So we've been able to do pop-up shows that are like really helpful to a venue, really lucrative artists make money. And we like come out with this really cool thing. And it's like, we've been talking about it. We're like, this is really fucking fulfilling. Like it feels really good to do and have good audiences that came out to see, you know, us and specific other comics that are there. And it's, um, it's been really cool. And, um, I kind of want to like do that for a while in other cities or something. I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out myself. Like move to another city. You mean maybe not move, but like bounce around a little bit for a couple months before getting to another lease situation. I'm still trying to figure out what that looks like, but I'd love to like, um, I don't know. I'd love to kind of do what me and Rachel did in early 2019 and do a little like European tour and then go to like Hawaii and go to, um, <laughs> one of my, one of my friends um, and then maybe Mars and then yeah. <laughs> we'll get on Bronson or Branson, Richard Branson's Bronson's <laughs> Bronson Jones. <laughs> um, um, but one of my other friends, like, you know how I am just adventurous about this shit, but one of my friends, um, they're going to, a private island in Belize in March and oh, Belize, huh? I haven't been there. No, oh. but I want to. And, um, Belize has one of the, like, they're kind of known for having a really good expat community. They're like a very affordable place to go. It's beautiful, a very welcoming community to people from out of country. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was like, Jake, we should go, we should go and we should do like pop up, you know, I don't know. So I don't know what we're going to figure out. I don't know what we're going to do, but. (laughs) I like it. We'll see. We'll see. But it's still good to have a home base somewhere. And so where that is, is that's a big looming question mark. But um, we thought about Chicago for a couple months. 
before it gets cold. Yeah, I should get out of there before then. Have you spent time in Chicago? I can't remember. No, no. That's right. I did know that. Yeah, and no. We got to change that. You would love Chicago. I mean, I've been there. I've performed there. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. but like, hung out there. No, right. No. Mm-hmm. Just for a weekend. Weekends yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. My sometimes my like, I have to reel in that whole sensation for me where I'm like structured and, you know, got my business going on, and then also like want to travel and tour and do comedy wherever the fuck. And so I have to like figure out how to always keep those reined in. <laughs> you don't need to rein them in. You, just need to channel them. you need to channel them correctly. Yeah. And I usually wouldn't do that, but except in 2019, it was getting to burnout state in that, you know? Yeah. So I think that's why I was actually in hindsight, not grateful for the pandemic, obviously, but grateful for like taking a beat during it and not trying to stay busy during it, yeah. you know? different kind of busy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just curious to see what everybody's going to end up doing. Uh, yeah, slowly, slowly, but surely I think everyone's coming out of their shell. So, yeah. Uh, what do you think for you guys? What do you think for you and your man? Me and my man. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um what do you mean? What do I think? <laughs> are you guys staying in? You guys are probably staying in LA for a while. We're because, staying in LA. Yeah, yeah, we're staying in LA. We're both grounded here, and um, you know, he's he's in the industry, and um, you know, has plates spinning, and you know, we'll see what what happens with his stuff. But mm-hmm. um, we're looking for a place. Uh, a place probably- to buy. Uh, a place to buy. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Staying in the same area, but, um, yeah, maybe, or maybe West, maybe. Okay. Like beachside. Uh, yeah. Between like here and beachside. Cool. Yeah. It's so funny. Say, like Brentwood, but like maybe Brentwood. Remember when you were house hunting a while back? This past like in 2019. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, think about if you would have bought, (laughs) think about that. Just like, think about how things end up working out where at the time you're like, so in your head about it and you're like, fuck, you know, I really wanted this to play out. Think about if things were how they are now (laughs) and you would have owned that place during this whole time. It would have been, I got, I got, I put offers on like, I put offers on like four or five different places. I got cash bid out on three of them. And I remember being like devastated. (laughs) Shit. They were fucking hell holes, but I was like, I'll fix them up. Um, (laughs) I I had like unrealistic expectations for my own life. Um, Of just also why, like, why would I, I think I'm the kind of person that like gets on something and then I like make it up in my head. I make this whole like story up in my head and fantasy about how great it's going to be. But the reality is, is that had one of those gone through and I had even like started any kind of like construction or remodeling or anything. Um, two months later, we went into lockdown. So I would have mm-hmm. been fucked. 
Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty crazy. The things that we almost did are things that almost transpired and then everything worked in our favor. Yeah. For, you know, um, not always, but cause I think about that too, just the, like anytime that I start to get a little hard on myself for just anything in the last year and a half, I'm like, think about going through my split at the start of 2020 and the fact that I just didn't also didn't just jump into a place and be like, I'm just going to get a schnazzy ass, like high rise spot in West Hollywood. Cause I was looking at that shit. <laughs> I, was looking. Yeah, I remember, I remember you sending me places like, I kind of like this. And I'd be like, <laughs> I was just like, I'm going to figure it out. I have my Vegas show. I have whatever. And I was like, and you would have figured it out, but had you done that, like there's a reason that it didn't happen. Yeah. My gut kept telling me when I was looking, cause I remember I was staying, um, you remember too, I was staying with my friend Ashley that lives in West Hollywood a bunch during that time. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, uh, I kept looking at places and was like, oh, I really want this, but my gut just kept telling me like, don't do it. Don't do it. And then you and I were in New York when everything fell to shit and we were just like, what? <laughs> yeah. It's just hindsight's pretty fun because, you know, makes you not judge yourself. It makes you not judge your future self so hard. Mm. Definitely. Yep. So how are things coming with, um, I know you were doing your, are you still right? You're still going to put up your one woman show, right? But you just pushed it back a little bit. Can I, I talk about it? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> sweet. <laughs> um, I am. I'm, I, next Tuesday, I am starting rehearsals with, uh, I have a director and a producer on board and yeah. Um, I'm not exactly sure what theater um, I'm going to open it at. Maybe the, the Odyssey um, over near the, 405 it's it's on the west side mm-hmm. um that's where i would love to do it um but yeah kind of schedule schedule pending within like the next month month and a half putting it up for actual like yeah, opening yeah oh my god yeah do you want to share anything about that or the backstory i don't i don't know what you want to put out there but um yeah you know i haven't really decided what like how to like put it out there. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I'm, I know, it's, but it's called, it's called holding court. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I think it's, uh, it's bit, well, it's very character driven. That's, that's the main thing of it. Um, mm-hmm. I play all of the characters. There's eight different characters. Um, and it just kind of takes, it takes the audience through the last 10 years. Um, 10 year journey of the mistakes and failures that I've made, which there's been a lot of them um, and me coming out stronger on the other side. So. I love that. I know. Mm-hmm. And I know you've been talking to me about this for a long time, but it's been fun to kind of see the progression of this from idea to workable script. And you kept putting it up at your, um, at your theater company or your, your, um, actor studio. Actor yeah. studio. Um, how do you feel from start to finish and where it's like 
kind of culminated to, do you feel like there's been a lot of changes as of recent to it and you're happier now? Yeah. I don't know if you remember, but, um, I had been, I had been workshopping it for a few months Mm -hmm. uh, at the studio and before the shutdown, I had planned on, so we shut down in what, March? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I had planned on the, like the end of April, putting it up. Um, and then the shutdown happened and I rewrote the entire thing. Yeah. Um, I do remember that. (laughs) I just don't want to tell your story for you. So I got to like, I did, I rewrote the entire thing and I, I realized that, um, that I had been lying about a lot of things. <laughs> no, so dive into that a little bit because I, I understand, I understand why we do that as artists or as people. Cause you just don't maybe want to like expose too much about yourself or yeah. I mean, how did you feel when you reread it and we're going through the rewriting process? Um, well, it, I realized that in rewriting it, I realized when I just started being honest, I was like, that, that's a different script. That's, that's not even the same person. And I was like, I've actually realized that that's what I, that's what I was doing in my standup as well. Um, mm-hmm. Not even talking about, talking about real things, but actually not. Like talking about real things, like on the surface of it, where mm-hmm. if I actually was being real about what really happened, there's there's so much more relatability. Um, and vulnerability. Vulnerability, yeah. yeah all, all of the abilities um, <laughs> that are possible. And it it just became, it just became something different. Um, it became real and it became uh, very vulnerable and very, something that I had started off as as being a character driven piece. Like I wanted this to be a character vehicle where I could um, do different characters it became mm-hmm. something now mixed with uh, like very raw Courtney. So yeah, there's, there's both of that in there, which is, which really- is cool because I feel like, I feel like a very common misconception for maybe the public eye who doesn't understand the process of actually writing and creating something is that if something's character driven, it's a caricature. So it's like this person that doesn't exist in the real world. And it's just like so big and so loud. Um, But something that's really thoughtfully character driven is really grounded and still has those types of high stakes that some of these, you know, wacky characters do, um, which is, it's fun to kind of showcase that to people that aren't normally in that space of writing and creating something. Cause as just an observer, you don't necessarily take that in. Um, but because like, (laughs) and it's funny too, cause you haven't seen me perform in a while. I feel like I have like, maybe not picked up like mannerisms of Courtney, but like, I'm, I have these animated pockets on stage that are much more than I had before. Cause my jokes, my new stuff is just, a, you know, calls for it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always loved that about you on stage. Cause you're such a grounded 
person in your delivery, but you just have these like very calculated, and maybe calculated is the wrong word, but just like um, clean animated moments. (laughs) 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 I used to make really good gifts of, by the way. Miss making the gifts of you with like <laughs> under the sea creatures and shit. You did. You did. Um, <laughs> I would take boomerangs on Instagram of Courtney doing her little pops of outbursts on stage, and I would turn them into whole scenes. It was pretty fun. Um, <laughs> but it was um, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Um, but I like to kind of showcase that for people that you know listen and don't necessarily live in that world um what it means for you to write a character driven piece and then to rewrite it with a more realistic intent behind those characters what's the question (laughs) what was it like what was it like like? what was was it like like for you to write a piece that was character driven out of characters that you created and then rewrite it with realistic intent behind those characters um well uh even like the characters that I play um within this piece uh, Mm -hmm. unlike my stand-up they're uh they're very grounded like they're they're very real people Mm -hmm. good on stage you could picture how they eat dinner or you know how they blow their nose what you know um mm-hmm. they're they're ground they're not like out here they're <laughs> yeah they might, they might like have like a voice or something or like a, a face different than mine but they're very real yeah um, and not going for the funny or the joke of it but actually that character coming to life yeah um, but that I was trying to tell my story. I was trying to tell my story through these other people. So Uh then it was like an escape. I wasn't really having to be vulnerable because anything that I said wasn't actually coming from me. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the rewriting of it, I took some of that away. I I still want to keep the characters there. So it is, it's a vehicle for me, for any, for for an, an audience to see, um, my range as, as an actor, as a performer and for, you know, entertainment sake, but it, it now splitting the difference of not just the characters doing it. Um, and me actually just being honest and, and vulnerable, Mm -hmm. uh, I think has created something for me that really excites me. It's really, uh, I'm so excited for it. I can't wait. I'm, I'm coming to see it no matter what or when it is. But <laughs> I hope it's not August. Have to fly in from Belize. <laughs> I hope it's not August 12th through 19th. Just make it not in that time range. Just it's for me. Not. Okay. I can't get I can't get it up that soon. <laughs> um what is what has been your biggest setback in creating this? Was it kind of just being okay with telling your personal story in the full honesty? Or was it um, you know? the time consuming uh, task that it, it is creating a script and creating these characters and creating a why behind this being made. Um, the why was always very strong. That's, that's, yeah. that's why I started. Like what be- point am I making? 
Um, yeah, that, that I knew. Um, I, but there were, there's been two like major hiccups, uh, in the past year. And also I do have to say, uh, this year and this time has been as a procrastinator, which I'd say that like relative to like most people, I'm not a procrastinator, but like, I know when I'm doing it and I know when I'll be like, mm, oh yeah, I can't, well, I can't do it in the month of July. Cause that's my birthday. My birthday is a day, you know? Um, <laughs> But we do that, you know, we'll be like, oh, well, like I'll block off a week and like, well, it couldn't be possible that week. And and it's just an excuse. It's actually just procrastination. But I, this past year I did use it. Um, You know, a lot of people streamed their shows and my thing was, and and they were great. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we've done comedy streaming. My thing was I, I, and and it is true. I knew that this has to be live for me with a theater background a live audience. That's why I wanted to do this to begin with. I, mm-hmm. I love theater. That's where my heart is. That's where, uh, that's, that's what I want to be doing. So, um, I knew it had to be live. So that excuse was great. Cause the whole year I couldn't, I couldn't do it live. So yeah, yeah that worked out. And then, yeah. uh, there's a lot that goes in. It's not stand up, So it's not just getting an audience in and you standing in front of them. This is a, it's a full production with sound cues and, uh, you know, a theater space and light cues and um, just a lot of other stuff that the, on the technical side, you got to bring, you got to bring other people on. Um, mm-hmm. so it's getting a team together. Uh, yeah. Which being out of that realm of the theater community is difficult. It's difficult to try to find a good team and also people that, you know, will work for pennies. <laughs> Or that just believe in the project. I mean, that's, you know, that's yeah. what it comes down to just like indie filming or anything like that. Like you're, you're believing in something and what it can do and the story that it can tell more yeah. so than the monetary value. And just hoping that your belief and continued belief in the right pieces will eventually bring the monetary value. Yeah. Yeah. You know, another I, I, I did want to say this another um, another hiccup uh, yeah hiccups the right word that I had um, in 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 rewriting this was the piece is is brutally honest um, about a lot of the mishaps uh, that missteps that I have made in in the past 10 or so years my whole life. Um, we go way back. Um, and (laughs) I started, I found myself in the writing of it, in the rewriting of it. I was using it as, I was using it as therapy as, as all creators do, um, in, uh, in in an apologetic sense. Um, I wanted to, I started being so brutally honest about things that were transpiring through the pandemic um, and things that were coming out publicly that it actually started distracting from what my intention was. Mm-hmm. Um, the intention of trying to be so honest and forthcoming with information um, because that would be more exciting or more honest or more compelling of a story um, 
really finding that middle ground between using this as a confessional um, or a public apology, I guess. Um, and I know that this doesn't make sense because you have no idea what the fuck I'm I mean, I do, <laughs> but, um, and, and one I know, day, hopefully everyone will. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. I mean, that's what you have to tread with caution when you're trying to divulge something in a, in a mindful way. Um, yeah. but I understand what you're saying where you're, um, because you and I had talked about this and bonded over this numerous times in the past. Um, even though our lives and our stories are not the same, there's a lot of things that parallel. And I, you know, it's, um, I kind of went through something similar with um, filming my special. Like I was trying to divulge something but not harm the person in question because um, he didn't do anything wrong. I was really the one that didn't want to get married or didn't feel like we were in a good place. And um, interesting little things have popped up along the way that you and I have talked about in private conversations where, you know, it does become easy to just cast somebody else as um, the villain, the villain. Yeah because it's easier to make yourself feel like the choices that you made were more justified. Um, when, yeah. when in, in a situation, there can be two different types of villains. <laughs> yeah. There can be somebody who is a bad person and there can be somebody who is um, a good person who just happens to be adjacent to bad things. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, it becomes hard when it's your own story to write it properly. <laughs> that was something I struggled with and had my um, reason why I had Doug Fager kind of help me craft some stuff for my special or at least give me notes because I was like, if I write this too much like this, it's going to really not sit right with people yeah. and um, with my other series with my same director from the special um, I had him kind of go through and alter a lot of things about the characters to make them not quite exactly who I was picturing them so I could write about them better you know mm -hmm. like if I was writing about my life too closely it became too easy for me to picture only the people that I was thinking of Right. And, and not be a little bit crafty of how to blanket it as this new person who has some of the same ideals or some of the same characteristics. Yeah. And so kind of infusing somebody else into it helped a lot. And that's why we do have teams because it does help to have that kind of input from people. Um, but it's hard. It's hard to write your own vulnerable story based on real events and not have it come out fucking messy. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. And I commend you for doing it because I know it's been such a process, you know? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I know you also obviously started dating your man in the pandemic. Um, <laughs> I love how you keep saying your man. <laughs> I know. We all have a man now. <laughs> 
um i just don't ever i don't ever like to just say people's names be like yeah so <laughs> you know bradley <laughs> yeah it's bradley um but um i really love him you know got to finally meet him a couple months ago um but um I'm curious to hear from you because, you know, we've had our own stuff to deal with and just being in close quarters for so many months without other people. Um, what, what would you, <laughs> what would you say to people who are in that position or in that position, even for the first time and are coming out of that for the first time, like just being close quartered with somebody you know, you started dating him at the very beginning of the pandemic and you guys made it through it. That's gotta be like a really interesting process. It's funny because, uh, we, like we went to Spire, we went to Spire 73. Have you Mm -hmm. been there? It's a, the top of intercontinental. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Intercontinental. Yeah. I haven't Um, been there. It's, it's, it's a little swanky. It's like very sceny, but, um, I just wanted to go to like the highest place. It was for his birthday. Yeah. Um, and we like dressed up. It was super fun, super cute. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone should definitely go there at least once just for the view. But, um, we're now like doing all these dates. Like we're, we went bowling. We'd never been together for like a year and a half. We've never been bowling. Mm-hmm. Like a huge thing, but like we we're active people. So like fun mm-hmm. things to do. And it's like, we're dating backwards. So. Uh, right. That's what me and Jake have been dealing with. Yeah. It's, and it's, I love it. I think it's, <laughs> it's like, it gets more and more. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, um, yeah, it's interesting because when you're stuck in close quarters with somebody, you're not distracted by those fun things. You know, you're not, you don't have the opportunity to just be like part of the fluff and fodder of being out with somebody. So yeah. things get really like out. You find everything out really fast. Yeah. And then you're just around each other. And <laughs> I love the and then you're just around. You're just with all this knowledge, you know. <laughs> like no, so. but it, it cuts the bullshit out. It cuts think about like the months. I think about hanging out. I think about people that I've dated and the first few months of hanging around like them or their friends or like the things that I was impressed by or like the things that I, <laughs> I thought were really cool about them actually had nothing to do with who they were. Yeah. That sounds awful, but I, I think we're all kind of like that about um, the places that he would take take you, you know, you'd be like, Oh, mm-hmm. you know, out to dinner here. And it's like, um, all of that drops, mm-hmm. all, of that, all of that was dropped. And I, um, it's obviously very different, but I, I think, I think that we're so lucky. I think you're so lucky. Um, yeah. Because yeah. it solidified, do you really like this person? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with all the, the distractions. And with like the, the immediate flaws you find out about each other. Um, not that I don't find flaws to be a bad thing, but like, you know, you're, whenever you're dating somebody new, there's, there's things you're going to learn 
like you said, usually months in, maybe even not, you know, I've definitely been in positions before where I'm discovering things like years in where I was like, what the <laughs> fuck, man? Hey, same. <laughs> what is that? You know, and uh-huh. you know, it's just, it's pretty fascinating, but um yeah. And I know we've talked about this too, but like, you know, it's, it's interesting when, when you're with somebody who you just want to be around them, even though the world is reopening, you're like, Oh, I still want to like go ride bikes with you and golf with you and shit. Not, I don't really care about like meeting new people. I mean, does that make me sound like I'm getting old? I'm turning into my grandma. I don't need any more friends. I already pared down my friends enough over the pandy. So okay, wait. So this is a this is a different topic. I can't figure out right now if, and my mind goes back and forth all the time. I'm like, because I think you and I are very similar, and that I'm I couldn't stay home and watch TV. Two years ago, yeah, I'd I'd literally be like, no, fucking wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Every day I had to be doing something. It was like it was a fucking illness. I would mm-hmm. say, to to a fault. Like I had to be on the go. I had to I had to have a plan. Um, I don't want any plans now. I don't I don't care what anyone's doing. I don't have FOMO at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I don't know if we're just getting old. <laughs> Well, and I, I, I feel like I still have a little bit of FOMO here and there just because I, um, I'm curious where different pockets of the world are at, you know, that we used to see all the time, but I, you know, would run ragged as well. And I was the, you know, the queen of being a social butterfly and the larger sense of friend group in, you know, that's why a lot of us would hang out because we'd always be out doing something with bounce, bounce, bounce. And um, when I thought about that too, I'm like, I don't need to make time. Like me and Jake were just in Chicago for two days, for example, normally when I'd be in Chicago, I would pick up landing spot before a show and all of my friends from Chicago over the years would come and meet there and we'd all have like food and drinks and they'd all come to the show with me and we'd all go out afterwards. It's just a lot of shit to coordinate you know, now I might text like two people and see if they're around. And if they're not like, I'd, I'm not going to go and like run all over the city and go and see them. They still know I'm thinking about them. You know, yeah. we'll find time to catch up. It's not that the people or the care of them goes away, but the, the necessity to like be that social spread yourself too thin person I feel like it's starting to fade away a little bit. And like, this is what me and Jake talk about all the time, but I'm just like, I want to be doing something. (laughs) I want to build a really good company and have really good like shows. And that's it. I don't want this like showboatiness of having things that I don't have, you know, I don't want to put on this exterior facade of like, I'm always busy. <laughs> Look what I'm up to. <laughs> Look what I'm doing. Hey, you know, you know what? I'm, I'm really like... saying this because <laughs> I literally had, I had a like a little, you know, come to peak a moment. Um, <laughs> I was like, 
I don't, I don't need to keep posting things on social media until I can figure out why I'm really posting it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, this might be getting like a little too deep for this podcast, but not at all. It's just like, I'm going to try this out. And, uh, I found, uh, that I posted like once a week and I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what, right now that's okay. Mm-hmm. I, don't have, I don't have things going on right now. It's, it's really like rebuilding and like trying to get footing again, you know, like back in our mm-hmm. industry and I'm not going to post things just to get endorphin, my endorphins moving. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really, it's been really eye opening from, I posted about Bradley's birthday last Thursday. And other than that, bitch ain't got shit going on. <laughs> well, and that's the thing too, is if you're not always putting something up, I mean, cause I kind of feel the same way. I mean, I, if I have a show or like a call to action, like, Hey, watch this thing or whatever. But the other day, my God, (laughs) this is how ridiculous social media is. And this is why, this is why you can't like, I don't envy. How do I word this without offending possibly anybody that I know, (laughs) but I don't, there's no way. (laughs) The, the, if, if if you make a name for yourself doing anything but social media, you can just be that person and have that thing and post about it as you may. Yeah. Call to action, you know, something that you need people to do. Great. If you make a name for yourself on a social media platform in particular, you have now become obligated to put out regular content on that channel, Um, which I'm telling you the other day, I just wanted to post a clip, just wanted to post a clip from comedy on state the other week where I was talking about therapy. And I was like, I liked that clip. I thought that was funny. I just was kind of like ad libbing something. And you know how, when we're ad libbing something, it's a perfect thing to throw out and just see if it sticks on Instagram or whatever, because you may not keep it around. So whatever. Mm -hmm. So it was about therapy. So I found this little clip and I'm sitting in my room, Jake's in the living room. I'm editing the clip and and I'm like, well, I guess it needs subtitles because it's on Instagram. I put on the subtitles and I had to go and edit all the subtitles. This shit took me two and a half hours. For a cl- yeah. Is that your sirens? It's outside. Yeah, it's not in the house. <laughs> I'm like, are you doing sound effects on this yeah. bucket? Yeah, that's two, two and a half hours just to like make that. You and I didn't even do anything to it. No, because now every time I see a comedian's clip with this fucking subtitles, I'm going to be like, not worth the it. The subtitle, because it, it, you, there's a subtitle app and it like makes them for you, but they're wrong. They're wrong, uh, obviously. And so you have to go uh, into each clip and like re size it. it and re-edit it. And this clip was yeah. under a minute. And that alone took me long enough where I was like, Jake, I want to do this shit. Like, it's fine if somebody makes it for you and you can just put it up, whatever, which like yeah. was happening for the special. 
but I was like, it better be something real great for me to <laughs> fucking subtitle on it again. I'm not going to waste my life making subtitles and sitting in a room on a beautiful day and not going outside just so I can put something on Instagram. Like, I don't want to do that. You know, um, you know, it's different if you want to like write something or like shoot something or like put something funny together. Um, and I feel like that doesn't even take as long. Right. But yeah, you know, if you're, you know, I just watch these certain people that'll blow up on TikTok and stuff. And I'm like, that's exhausting at that point. Cause you have got to put something out so consistently. It's a and job. It's yeah. a job. Yeah. It's a job in itself. Social media is its own job. And so, you know, that's why I'm like, if it's not story worthy, if it's not something I can just shoot because it's happening, I don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. No, you I know. mean, I think that is, that really is the thing. It's, mm-hmm. um, I think we've all had moments or like months or little spurts where we're really into social media and it's just, it seems fun and it just seems like it's fun connecting with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems positive and light. Um, and then when it starts feeling like a job or it starts feeling like, um, Oh, okay. Well, what I'm, I'm on a point of gaining or like, I'm on a streak of gaining followers. I have, I have people's attention right now Mm -hmm. Um, that you you have to post something Mm -hmm. because otherwise you get out of the algorithm and yeah. You know, I think we're both kind of at like a follower point where the followers that we have have been around for a while. I certainly haven't like had like a leap in, in followers since, you know, I came off the road, mm-hmm. um, you know, st- stopped being on the road so much. Um, and definitely after the election lost a lot of followers, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of my followers were, uh, Republican males, um, <laughs> <laughs> Where did that even happen? <laughs> uh, well, because I was opening for people that. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, no, but um, it, it it makes you start questioning why am I doing this? And if you and if you love doing that, you should keep doing it. That's fucking mm-hmm. great. But for me personally, I I would stop and be like, I'm spending time doing this like it's a job. And just the same as like waiting tables. I, I don't want to wait tables. It's not horrible, but that's not what I want to be spending my time doing. Yeah. I want to spend time taking photos of myself. Same. It's fine, but yeah. that's not how I'm spend my time. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's a piece of that, you know, and also this is like, this is really, this is really funny. Um, but I feel like it translates from social media to business too. So bear with me as I try to um, articulate this, but I had a big meeting today for my breakup registry with um, a VC fund and it went really well. It's, it's pretty interesting how you can tell um, in certain meetings, and I'm not saying in this meeting in particular, but in meetings that we've had throughout our career, whether it be pitch meetings or agent meetings or whatever, you can tell if you're an attractive woman, if, somebody may not want to like you or trust you or believe that you're smart or whatever it may be. 
And then when you showcase yourself and your personality and get over that hurdle and then everything starts going really well, you still have to come back to that question of, are you a person who, um, I'm trying to say this without saying anything. So I don't like shit on the situation. There's nothing to shit on. I'm tracking what you're saying. Where, um, you have to kind of figure out like, okay, for me, this is what I always say to people that kind of puts them at ease about who I am. I'm 36 years old. I'm not trying to be some 25 year old. Um, I have been through a lot of ups and downs in my career. I'm very well aware of people's money and time and energy that it takes to put things together. And I'm not trying to fuck with that. So it's like these things that you want to like get across, right? Whether it's business or whether it's social media, I want people to feel that energy for me. It's like, Hey, I don't have time or energy to like selfie. I don't have time or energy to like ruin somebody's schedule. So let's just make something good and like be on with our lives. Huh? (laughs) Does that make sense? (laughs) So I want that to come across in like a meeting. That's social media. <laughs> like, well, let's make something good, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but you just want to say that to people sometimes, like, dude, <laughs> you may think that I'm cute and I'm supposed to be like be doing X, Y, and Z to showcase myself or my career, but I'm busy and I'm getting older. Like, I don't fucking care, dude. <laughs> don't care. I don't care if you like my standup. Fine. There's a lot of other people go find them. Like, don't worry about it. You know, it's just kind of this mentality around the limelight or the showcasiness of things. And it's just kind of exited my body. I'm just like, all right. So, okay. Don't like my shit. You don't think I'm cool. I don't, <laughs> I don't care. I'm going to get less cool <laughs> for sure. I'm going to get less cool. <laughs> true. <not> true. <laughs> I guess maybe not. I mean, the older you get, if you get more cool as an old person, do you just become exponentially more cool? Like what is the, what is the graph for that? <laughs> I think, I think I'm getting cooler as I get older. I agree. Because, I, I, because I'm caring less. That, right. You yeah. care less. That's what I was just saying. Like you care less about being cool. Yeah. So now you're actually cool. It's like, yeah finding nirvana you're not looking for it anymore well it's funny if you think about the well I was just gonna say something and then I'm negating it in my head I was gonna say uh if you think about the people that are famous it's usually the people that have an essence of they don't care what other people think but then I kind of thought about like the Kardashians and not not to say anything bad about them but I'm just saying their vibe really isn't like we don't care what people think Um, (laughs) it's not and that's and that's like that kind of that's that generation our our generation but I think that's for different people I I've personally always been attracted to people that don't that have an essence of they don't do this yeah and take it or leave it and you know if you don't take it I'm still fine (laughs) yeah I've yeah. always struggled for that. I don't, I, I know personally, 
it's gotten better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always think it's cool when people say that, like, oh, it seems like you don't give a fuck what people think. So then I'm like, I do. <laughs> so <you have> <laughs> Uh, to an extent, you know, and then, well, I mean, it's, it's human to want to be liked. And I shouldn't say that in general, there's some people that put on a facade that they don't want to be liked, but it really does affect people at the end of the day. They're going to sleep by themselves. Like nobody isn't except for the sociopaths out there, of course, but there's, there's nobody that doesn't, isn't capable of feeling what it feels like to not be liked. Yeah. And, um, nobody wants to feel that. Um, but you know, there is that thing in entertainment where it's like something to be said about building a career over time, building a a following over time where people kind of watch you go through all these steps and hardships and failures and not so good shows and, and really good shows and, career almost and career maybes and career no's. Um, That to me is a cool part of what you can showcase, you know, talking about and being expressionate about that whole path and people that don't just come in all of a sudden and try to expect you to be one thing or the other. Um, That's what I've always loved about comedy because it's less expected of us to just be like this overnight sensation and more expected of us to be something that's built, always feeling. <laughs> built that's always feeling upward, <laughs> but kind of, you know, it's, it's built yeah. over time and yeah. it doesn't make me feel as a woman or as um, an entertainer, a lot of those stigmas, like it feels like you age into this line of work, not, age out of it you know yeah people trust you more the older you get and the more you've been around yep so and your story becomes more viable and uh that's something that I have really really attached to especially with launching my startup whether you're a personal brand or you're a business um this is what I heard from one of my mentors. And the more I talk about it in meetings, the more I find out like people really like this shit. Um, <laughs> all you need is 10 die hard fucking fans of whatever you're doing, of you, of whatever you're building, of whatever you're launching, of whatever. Those die hard people will be your grassroots people that'll tell 10 people about you organically in conversation that'll naturally build this network. And in order to sustain a long, steady, um, lucrative career, all you need is a group of 5,000 people that will just like love the shit out of what you're doing. So if you think about that 10 by 10 by 10 by 10, it doesn't take long to actually build that. And it's, doesn't really translate to a social media following necessarily. It translates to like your active social media following. I know you're being very serious. I was, I was going to ask that question. I was going to say, what if, what if those 5,000 people only want to see pictures of you in a bikini? <laughs> That's the problem with this kind of stuff. But you have those people that will come to anything that you're doing. If you have 5,000 of those, 
you will work, you will, you'll be fine. And so it was kind of interesting to hear those stats from somebody, you know, whatever you're building, just focus on that first 10 that are going to be like, hell yeah, whatever you're up to, I will be there. I'll make sure I tell people and, you know, and yeah, that's where it all starts. (laughs) I love that. Who'd you hear that from? I won't say, but I'll tell you when we get off the call. Oh, it was a mentor. Oh. Of mine. I just, I don't, oh, it was, a, yeah, it was a mentor. Um, but I don't want to like misquote, you know, you know, yeah, 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 no, but I didn't, I, I didn't know if I had missed you saying that it was, uh, somebody in comedy or somebody in somebody in business, but, um, got it, got it. But yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll know when I tell you, but, um, but I always am fearful of like telling somebody's situation and then misquoting it a little and then, or taking it away from them. I don't want to do that. But, yeah. um, but I thought really that was cool. just cool advice. Like just focus on the 10. Yeah. You know, everything yeah. else will just take care of itself over time. So anyway, um, well, God, I feel like I want to keep talking to you, but I will. We'll just end <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> Um, what do you have coming up? Let's see. This will, I I can't tell if I'm going to release tomorrow or next week. So just in the Um, next week or two. Um, the only thing is to look out for holding court for one woman show. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so excited for it. I'm so excited for it. And then when you are about to release, I'll come back on with you and we can talk about it too. So we can make sure the peeps in LA come out. Awesome. <laughs> Where awesome. can everybody find you? Uh, at Courtney Sherman, Courtney with the C S C H E U E R M A N. Courtney Sherman on Instagram and uh, Courtney Sherman.com. Cool. And I'm at MPH Comedy, you guys know. You can follow the podcast at Future Role Model. I'll finally start posting all the backdated videos that I need to post. I've been so bad. It's just too much social media stuff to keep up on, as you guys well know. It's been too... (laughs) You need a village. Um, But um, got some cool shows coming up soon. Madison Comedy Week that me and Jake Snell are putting, well, he's the executive producer. I'm just helping him here and there and performing on a bunch of the shows. Um, August 1st through 8th. And those tickets are at madisoncomedyweek.net. And what else? Oh, if you're in Miami or Naples or Key West, I'm coming to you middle of August. So go to my website, mphcomedy.com to find all those dates. Any closing remarks? I love you. all right i'm gonna end this and we're gonna hang out more a couple more minutes (laughs) awesome thank you bye-bye it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.